Welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today it is our season finale. The anticlimactic season finale. Wow. Okay. So we just finished watching and experiencing <laughs> the 2021 Academy Award. The 93rd Oscars. Huh. Um. Okay. Look, there's going to be a lot of debate of was this a good Oscars or not? From a pure vibes perspective, I didn't hate it. I like the toned down aspect of it. Like, I'm here for, we don't need a thousand people in an auditorium bullshit. I like the, okay, we got about 200 people here who need to be here. I wish all the people who had who had to be satellite in because of travel restrictions and other countries could have been in the room. Um, so I would have liked that. I would have liked, I, I don't want people's plus one entourage things to be limited. So I want someone to be able to bring their mom and their dad and their daughter and their son when they get nominated for an award. I want those things to be able to happen. Yeah. But I liked this whole, like, we're at a table. We're chill. Like, we're just here to hear the awards. And like, we're going to talk a little about movies. We're going to enjoy it. This is our thing. It was very high school graduation, like senior superlatives awards type vibes. And I'm here for it. Somebody talked about, it was Emily Vanderwerf, who is an amazing follow, talked about that this felt like, you know, if you just had awkward conversations between people at the table and some weird thing happening in the background, it would be a Robert Altman movie. Like, it really does feel like award show, the movie. Yeah, like this is an office drama, but this is the award ceremony that they all have to go to. And honestly, I like that. I like the idea of Soderbergh promised a cinematic awards. And I think in a really interesting way, that's what he delivered. I mean... The opening shot of Regina King picking up that Oscar and walking through Union Station to that platform, to that stage, deserves an award in and of itself. (laughs) It was gorgeous and perfectly executed. And I was like, I'm here for this. What I think is also interesting, and we're going to get there when we get to the nominations, is that they took a gamble on changing the order. They made a specific layout of the story thinking through, and this is what I think is cool about how they set this up. They looked at the storylines and they said, we're going to organize this in a certain way that is supposed to reach a specific moment. It didn't work out, but... They do that every year to a degree. They try. Yeah. Sometimes it works out great. Didn't work out great this year. We'll talk about it some more in a minute. We we will. But overall, I think this Oscar Awards is is a success. There are lots of people who are going to hate it because it's not what they're used to. And I get that. I do. I feel like this format with the, like we've talked about, with a Master of Ceremonies type host to help, because there was some awkwardness that was just not good. I think the pre-show was perfection. Such chill vibes. It was totally chill vibes. Lil Ralph was there, just like, I'm here to talk to my friends and I'm going to hype everybody up. And then that was when they showed the pre-recorded performances of the musical. So good. Which... I've t- I, I said this in my, my timeline and my tweets that, you know, one of the things about these performers is that some of them are not seasoned live performers. They're just not. And in the a Tony Awards presentation, all these people are pros. That's all they do all damn day is perform in front of a live audience. So singing on TV, <laughs> who gives a fuck? Put a camera in my face? I don't care. It's different for the Oscars. So I really liked this 
because I feel like if when they went to perform it for the cameras, if it didn't go perfect, they could get a take two. Yeah. And I feel like we got really good performances that way. That being said, mm-hmm. this one was all over the place. We there there were many surprises. <laughs> um, David and I followed some different sources for our Oscars, and we were wrong on both counts. Uh, not not completely across the board, but but particularly for the awards that we had no clue on, they both were wrong. They spread the love. They spread they, the love. They we'll did put spread it that the way. love. Um, yeah, you know, one thing I will say is that when you have really good nominees. You get surprises because the votes get split because you have half half your people are gunning for one nominee, half your votes are gunning for another one, and neither wins, so a third person wins, and that's what happened tonight. <laughs> well, we'll get there when we get there, and and I want to investigate the other side of that too. I do. We can. So we'll start down at the very bottom in the the less exciting portion of the the ballot. Documentary short went to Colette. We lost that one. Live action short went to Two Distant Strangers. Also lost that one. Also lost that one. Uh, Then animated short went to If Anything Happens, I Love You. And we got that one. We both picked that one up. I will say the one thing about Two Distant Strangers is Trayvon Free, who's a well-known activist, was one of the directors of that film. So there's a lot of love coming out right now for, for him and that crew. Gave a lovely speech on that as well. Visual effects, Tenant, no big shocker there. We nope. picked that up. Sound of Metal, one for sound. Would have rioted. Riz Ahmed presented that award. And I love that when he opened the envelope, he gave this little wink and then he showed it to the camera before he said it. Because that's his crew. Like, <laughs> like That's his movie that he's there to represent. So I kind of love that. And that was really sweet. Um, So that's one of those moments that you know they, they tried to orchestrate. And I'm not mad about it. No. But I'm here for it. Production design went to Mank. We both picked that one up. Yeah, that's a winner. I wish something else would have won, but... Wasn't surprised. Makeup and hairstyling went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Now, this is one where I pulled ahead. Yeah, David pulled ahead on this one. I was sticking to Emma. Um, This is where I got really angry about this. I've said it before. I don't like rewarding historical accuracy over creativity. That's where I get grumpy about these type these types of technical awards. Costume, makeup, production design. When that's what it really feels like over creativity, I don't want to award it. And that's where this felt like it to me. I wanted Emma to win. On the other hand, the first black makeup and hairstyling Oscars have just been awarded. I am I am not mad about no. about any of the the diversity ceilings being crashed i am not mad about the nomination and i really do want to say like putting this up with hillbilly elegy because there's a similar level there of portraying the characters they really did a masterful job with the hair and makeup in this movie they really did we can contemplate those rules all we want but i think they deserve this win i do i don't think they deserve the win i'm not overly grumpy about it again because i loved their speech and I do love that we've broken some ceilings here. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit about it. I'm just explaining. This is this is where I typically lean in these categories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Editing. This is another one. Sound of Metal one. I was so happy about this. Uh, this is one that David picked up. Uh, I went off board for this. You did. And we actually argued about this one for a while. I, I, I don't agree with this win. I'm not mad about it because Sound of Metal is my was my 
honest in my in my heart pick for best picture. But I, I, I we've we've argued about this award, and I feel like because they truncated the sound award, this is where editing is getting muddy. I I totally understand that. For me, the thing that I went back to was I I completely didn't think about sound at all. I just thought visually with cutting, it just that's I, where I it, it came from. I get, I totally get it. <laughs> I just don't agree. I'll also say the father could have very well won this category, and what I would not have been mad. Same. I, honestly, all the all the nominations, I understand. Yeah, they're very. It's it was such a tough category. Again, this was a hard category. Costume design uh, went to Ma Rainey's. Okay. I lost this one. I lost this one too. We were both gunning for Emma. I, I mean, I'll just say, I, I get it. It is very staunch period piece. But to me, the color was, I was like, in a movie that was so verdant and full of mm-hmm. color, they put even more color into those costumes than even you would normally have. And that, to me, was what signified such a great achievement on that movie. Oh, absolutely. I just, that's where I'm a little like, oh, damn. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm not going to be that mad about it. Next, we have cinematography with Mank. We, we knew yeah. That. We knew. We knew. Uh, next, we have original song with a surprise. It went to fight for you from Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Like that performance, uh, the recorded performance was fabulous. It was very good. Fabulous. Uh, gave a lot more power to that song than the video we watched. The, the song recorded doesn't feel quite as powerful. I think the other thing I'm missing there is that when we're seeing the movie, it's under Fred Hampton's sure. speeches and like, and like that sells you can't it more than anything. That. You can't compete with that. No. The only thing I'm mad about in terms of this category is that that keeps Leslie Odom from getting his EGOT. He'll get there. He'll get there. It'll be fine. I'm just annoyed. <laughs> like not truly, but I'm slightly. Uh, original score, soul. Great. Trent Reznor, cut your hair. <sighs> Trent. I love you, Trent. I love you a lot. You look so good with the short hair. I do love that Trent and Atticus took a backseat to John Batiste, who was the v- very much the jazz influence in the score. And they very much were like, no, nah, this is your this is your time to, your to time shine to and talk. talk. So that was really uh, look, small victories. I'm not going to give the Oscars a whole lot of credit here, but that was one at least. Thank you, guys. For not being dicks. True, but I also feel like that's another place where because we didn't have all this bullshit filler, we didn't cut off people's speeches. We didn't cut off speeches and groups of nominees, for the most part, picked one, maybe two people to talk. Yeah. I, that's I, huge. I feel Well, I feel like they told them, if you don't want us to cut you off, you have to make a choice of who's speaking for your group. If you have more than two people, all of you aren't going to get to talk. Just sorry. Because we've seen time and time again, especially in like the visual effects categories and stuff like that. There's one guy who's really able to present. And then the rest of them are just like, I don't want to thank my brother and this guy and my studio agent guy. Thank you. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, and the thing is, there's always a state there typically in past awards. There's always a stage set up in the back where they can say everything else they want. And that gets filmed. And I know it's not the same as being on the stage, but there's also like this is a show we're putting on. You don't have unlimited time. And when there's 10 of you, you don't all get to talk. This is a lot closer to how the old Oscars worked. 
to some degree without the MC factor, which is what I think will take this over the top if we continue this format in the future. I'm I'm really excited to read uh, the critics' opinions of the broadcast. I don't know that it's going to be good. I'm I'm just I'm curious to read what they say. Yeah. Okay. Documentary feature: My Octopus Teacher. Y'all, I've heard some about this movie now. I'm not happy about this. So this is one where it, so neither of us picked this one up. No. I had time. So did I. We both had the same. Um, the other really big one was Collective. And Crip Camp. And that Crip, was a huge and deal. Crip Camp. I feel like this is definitely a category where the vote got split. That's very likely here. I, I feel like if this is one of those ones where it was whatever one you watched or whatever one was personal to you is the one that you voted for and they and it like my octopus teacher having been on Netflix for so long eked out because we're like looking at these awards. I was like, you've got a massive investigative reporting. You've got an incredibly powerful personal story about trying to free someone from prison, and you've got a story about the disability rights movement. And you went with a story about a dude having a relationship with an octopus. Ugh, we can do better. But I think you're absolutely right. I think we're splitting votes and one emerges. Yeah, I mean, we know how we got a Best Picture winner like Green Book a couple years ago. Oh, my God. Same. This, this is how this happened. Yeah. Animated feature went to Seoul. Not a shock. Surprise. International feature, another round. Look, I understand that in a year where we're telling lots of diverse stories, it feels really awkward to say that this is the best picture of the year, but this is the best picture of the year for me. It's a 1A, 1B situation for me. It's this movie and Sound of Metal. Are That's the, very fair. Are the best pictures of these nominees that I saw this year. To me, Sound of Metal felt, I need to see it again, and then I might say it, but it didn't feel perfect, whereas another round did in the moment. Well, and then for me, like my number two selection is Promising Young Woman. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Like, that's that's where I'm at with this. But Thomas Vinterberg gave a beautiful speech. Oh, the, uh, I'll have to go read the story later, but it is. Wow. It, it's a beautiful speech. Um, this was a really healing movie for him, yeah. which was also just, just adds another layer of depth to how much we love this movie. It's like, oh, of course I love this movie because this is what he was really saying. <laughs> Okay, so now now we get into our special categories where uh -huh. we have a first and second place. We get into adapted screenplay where uh, we had nothing. The father. You know what? I ain't mad. Good. Not mad. Good. It was the best script. I don't agree with that statement. I'm not mad, though. Here's the thing. This this is, again, one of those categories that is so good. With the exception of Nomadland did not deserve to be in here. The more I think about that movie, the more mad I get about it. <laughs> uh, that's just where I'm at with it. Lots of people are, are starting to agree with that. But, I mean, Borat, The Father, One Night in Miami, The White Tiger, any of those movies win, I'm not mad. So if you had a number one, is it The White Tiger for adapted screenplay? That's the one I enjoyed the most, but I don't think it's the best. See, for adapted screenplay, I look at this and I go, it's The Father. All of that had to be written. All of that had to be contemplated and written through and built. It's a fucking stage play. That's bullshit. Nuh-uh. But you still have to then visually cue that, that with a screenplay. Yeah, but that's not the same. That, it's already written in script form in a visual format, which is what a, which is what a stage play is. So then that's what an by rights, none of the, like half of these are not allowed to be nominated for adapted screenplay? 
No, I'm saying the the work in adapting it into an actual screenplay is not the same. It's not the hurdle is wildly different. I don't know. I I, I really do think out of all of them, that's the best script. I don't necessarily agree. I'm not mad about it. I just don't think it's the best one. <laughs> I, where where I'm coming from mostly is then I'm just curious which one of these do you think is the best one? Well, my number two was Borat. Yeah. Do you think that's that's really like the best choice for this category? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I was making. I, I mean, my number one was Nomadland because I was just playing the get the odds. Game. Oh, I was too. Do not yeah, get I me was, wrong. I that's was, what I picked. I was playing the odds game, but I picked Borat as my number two because. I think I think the resulting film was better, I think. Okay. Uh, next, we get original screenplay. Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. I'm so excited. Yeah? I can't, I can't be... I, the, I'm just overjoyed. There is always going to be controversy around this film, and I totally get it. I have heard those arguments. I don't necessarily agree with them, but there are many people who are always just going to be like, no, absolutely not. And I totally get that part of it. I just do. But I agree. It was by far the most inventive, unique script of the year. And it, as you said, for me, walked that tightrope really well. It didn't for everyone, but it did for me. Here's how I I argue that it's the most original, in that it is a film about this subject that is used for an audience that it has never intended before. That's what makes it so original. That's so wildly hard to do. And that is what makes it so original. And and that's just, that's how I view this film more than yeah. anything else. And I understand, again, content warning, content warning, content warnings for that <laughs> film. I totally understand. And I will not begrudge anybody who walks away from that film being like, that was so hard. I get, I, I just, I just don't. I get it. I 100% get it. I loved it. I, I did. Next, we get actress in a supporting role. Yoo Jung Yoon for Minari. Yep. Love it. I had her in my second place. I had her as my number one. I really thought Maria Bakalova was going to win, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad. I love the first thing she did was be like, um, I wanted to have met you, Brad Pitt, but you're over there. And then also, my name is actually this because in Korea, I'm Korean. Yep. Like, hello. Also, she's the first Korean actor ever to win. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so happy for yeah. her. I'm so happy. Like, I ain't mad. I lost a point <laughs> to you on this. I ain't mad. Actor in a supporting role, Daniel Kailua. Yeah. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. We're going to talk about what happened later. If Daniel or Lakeith had been put in the leading actor category, what happened tonight wouldn't have happened. What happened tonight would not have happened if we nominated people in the correct categories. There's a way to fix this. That I think is pretty simple and doesn't require reinventing the wheel on thinking through these things. So if you if you didn't listen to our nominations episode, one of our biggest complaints is the actor supporting actor category in that Lakeith should have been in the lead actor category. He's the lead actor. He's the lead actor in this film. And Daniel is the supporting actor when it comes to what's happening in the film. That's that's those are their roles. Yep. Chadwick Boseman should have been in his film should have been a supporting actor because that's his position in his film yep so that's where they should have been swapped and we just look at this and go this is fucking political we know this is fucking political lakeith and daniel should never been up against each other and i know in all these situations leslie odom doesn't win and that also makes <laughs> me sad because he's amazing that's okay his time will come he'll get he'll ego it's fine it's a tough year there were really good performances but but this led us to start questioning, like, it's always felt weird about how do they determine who's a supporting actor, who's the lead actor, 
is it because we because we've made it really clear, especially over the last couple of years with Emmys and they've changed a few things and like who can be considered a guest star on a series versus recurrent blah, 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 blah. Because they kept having these problems. Or, and people would argue, like, that person is in every episode. How can they be a, a guest star? Well, they came up with the miniseries rule. They came up with the limited series because they kept having more and more of these six, eight episode dramas that were standalone. And they went, it's not fair. And, and they're right. You've got somebody who does six seasons going up against somebody who did six episodes. And, you know, it's an Oscar caliber actor. So they adjusted. We looked this up. David did the research. There are no rules specifically outlined by the Academy for what is designated a best actor and a best supporting actor. It is designated, not even in a formal sense, it's done by the nominating voters, the people who are shortlisting and putting the things together and the different groups. The way it goes is that it is political campaigning on the part of the studios to say, we're going to put them for your consideration in this role or that role. So this becomes a bargaining thing within those groups. For me, how you avoid all of this is that you strictly outline what is designated what and figure out however you want to define that. You can change it however you want. Because for me, we talked about this before. I was like, look, if you're going to change those rules on a regular basis and it's going to feel weird, at least if we know, we can't complain about what happens after. So like this year, we knew there was only going to be one sound award. There we go. We knew. And we know, we know next year they are required to have 10 Best Picture nominations. There you go. Because that's the rule. They're required to have 10 nominations. We know what the rule is. So yeah, they could make it based on screen time. Like this actor has more screen time than that actor. This actor has more lines than that actor. They cannot be considered the lead. Yeah. And and, and it's at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of an amalgam of screen time, script, who is present in a script for a certain, like stuff like that. Stuff like that. That that will all factor in. But at least if the rules are there, then everybody knows. So this isn't a question. Sure. Because from my end, the thing is, whether or not it was intentional, and I don't know that it was. I really don't. I know what people might have liked the story to be, but I don't know that it was necessarily intentional. We could speculate that it was like, well, Lakeith and... And Daniel got thrown under the bus for this and was like, no, maybe if they decided, maybe it was agreement between everybody. But if we know the rules, nobody gets to complain. Sure. Nobody. And that's really the biggest thing here. Because I don't want to say anything bad about anybody here without knowing anything about what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. When all we have is you can do whatever you want, it doesn't look good for anybody when it's very clear that's like, no, this is how it should have played out yeah like i'm not talking about the winners in terms of nominations and here's the other thing by making those types of rules it opens the door to bring back a category i believe we used to have which was featured performer it's not the worst idea in the world which would allow you to have two more performers two more categories of performers being nominated and hey you were in this movie for less than 10 minutes but you were so good in it. And then we then we can have people like Judy Dench and Shakespeare in Love getting an Oscar and you're not like, what the fuck was that for? And they it's not taken away from somebody who was in the movie for the full hour and a half. Yeah. Like, I, that's not to shit on Judy Dench, but that kind of fucking sucks. It sucks that somebody who was in the movie for 10 minutes gets the award over the person who did the hard fucking work for an hour and a half. Like, no shade, but but if we did that, like, 
I want more people to get recognized and that would allow that. So let's yeah. maybe do it. Hey, SAG, go figure it the fuck out. Uh, SAG and the Ampus actor voters. She's just, there's a way to do this and a way to do it where there's no question. Well, it's going to take SAG, honestly. They're yeah. going to be the ones who are going to yeah. have to lobby for them to instate actual rules, which this could be, this would be a great example in which to do that. It, it very well may spur some of that discussion after what happened tonight. Yep. But we're very excited for Daniel Kailua. His speech was hilarious because you could tell, like, he was amped up. He got amped up and then he got really excited and then he made that comment about, hey, my mom and my dad, they had sex. And the and the live feed of his mom and his sister in London and his mom all of a sudden goes, wait, what? Oh, his mother is going to chew him out She's later. She's going to wring his neck. <laughs> I'm so here for it. It's adorable. I love how he's like, we're going to keep fighting on Tuesday. We're partying tonight. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's precious. Yep. Bless him. Actress in the leading role. Frances McDormand. I'm so fucking mad about this. <laughs> like, I'm so mad. I did not like, so I got no points for this. I got one. Dave, I got one. I picked her as my cynical number two pick here. My cynical number two pick was Andra Day. Because this, this award should have gone to Carrie Mulligan. There is no world in which Frances McDormick deserves this. She should not have been nominated. She sh- I don't believe she should have been nominated. Um, she's filler. <laughs> I don't agree with the that. The more I think about this movie, the more angry I get about it. Because I feel it's really exploitive. There's the whole Amazon of it. Like, I just get more mad about it. I don't disagree with you. I also think she was a perfectly fine nominee here, but never as a first choice. And Carrie deserved it. Vanessa Kirby would have been a great If Vanessa Kirby would have won, I would have been like, I got no points and I'm not mad. And look, we can be as mad as we want, but Viola Davis is better than her. Viola Davis is not in a great movie, but her performance is better. Agreed. Agreed. I'm just, I feel very similar to how I felt when she won for Three Billboards. Yeah. I'm just like, you're a phenomenal actress. And I, I genuinely appreciate the passion in which she puts behind her projects. I, I can't shit on her for that at all. Like, I just, I won't. But this movie's bullshit. And it's, it's just really exploitive. And that you don't deserve an award for this. And I hate that now, like the articles are just like, she has more Oscars than Meryl Streep. Hey, bitch. You may have more statues. But you are now tied for performance Oscars with Meryl Streep. You have the exact same amount of performance Oscars. But you know what? Meryl's hold more weight than yours. 100%. Okay. Chill. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Kramer versus Kramer. Sophie's Choice. Iron Lady. Iron Lady's kind of bullshit. But whatever. <laughs> Fargo. Three Billboards. Which merits of that movie or whatever, she's really good in. Okay. I this know movie. she's really good that one's like a half bullshit. So she's got one really good Fargo, one half bullshit, and one complete bullshit. Meryl's got two really good, okay? Here's the thing. She wins. Here's the thing. We said at the time, all of this could have been avoided. All of this this anger could be avoided if you just gave Carrie Mulligan the award. But whatever. Yeah, or you nominated the lead actress from uh, Minari. That too. How is the correct way you say that movie, the name? It's not Minari. Minari. Uh-huh. They said it correctly. During the ceremony, and I've forgotten it now. Okay. Now we get to the one that's going to be talked about a lot. Actor in a leading role. Anthony Hopkins, the father. I actually got a point for this. Yeah, which I I got nothing. <laughs> I was shocked. I want to start here with this. I said it on Twitter. Say whatever you want about what happened tonight. And there is a lot of debate to be had around that. For sure. Do not get me wrong. Anthony Hopkins was that good. 
if you've seen Silence of the Lambs, you know he has an Oscar for that performance. Yes. He is equally that good. Compelling and amazing. And he is better than Chadwick Boseman. I, I mean, I've complained about his nomination, but he is. I'm, he truly is. He is not the person I would have picked to win, but he is. I cannot be mad about this win. And we know this is where we split the vote. The vote got split. Very likely. Again, this is where I look at it and go, if Chadwick had been in the supporting actor nominations, I think there's a better likelihood that he wins in that category. He might have been able to win over Daniel. I I think, honestly, that's where it was. That being said, it's not great that Anthony Hopkins won in this year. Yes, because I really didn't want to... Yeah, because two white people won the performance awards. And it's, I'm not, not- it's not a good look at all. And Francis winning makes that really tough to swallow. But Anthony Hopkins was so good in that movie. That's why I picked him. Because I looked down the list and I really racked my brain and I went, no, he was the best performer out of these five. And see, what I think, what ha- I think the only reason he won is because it was a three-way split. Between, between Riz, Steven, and, and Chadwick. Chadwick. I really think so. Because if it was a two-way tie, I don't think either, I don't think Gary or Anthony, because I think if it was between Riz or Chadwick or Chadwick and Steven, one of those two would have won. But I think it was a three-way. I think it was a three-way. And that's how we got Anthony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Better Anthony than uh, Gary. Uh, Gary Oldman, if he had won, I'd just be like, what the fuck is going on? I would have been legitimately angry. To be, sh- to be clear... When they announced Anthony Hopkins, we were like, what the fuck? Oh, we were both. What the fuck is happening? They really did that? What is going on? He he wasn't there. And I know a lot of that is he's he's probably very much at risk and trying to he's be safe. He's 93 years old. But also, like, you know, there's probably a good thought in his head. He's like, I'm not winning this. But then he did. What do I give a fuck about this award? I, I would just say to people, number one, go watch the movie. It's not what you expect. It's really quite extraordinary. Content warnings for if you've dealt with family members with dementia or Alzheimer's, that's very difficult. Or elder abuse. That's going to be a part of the film. But it is it is a great film. But number two, hopefully this does spur a discussion about how those nominations work. They need to talk more about that. Maybe we put some better guidelines down on how you get nominated, who gets nominated, where it goes. Well, through. and we've also talked about how the majority, because we, we talked about this in the year, the Green Book one is like, is a simple majority enough or do we need to go back to, okay, we got out of rounds, so you need to win 51% of the vote. So like you need to make people do a second round of voting. While I don't necessarily disagree with who won, the fact of the matter is in a year where a lot of people expected that to happen, a lot of people think legitimately he was the best actor and that's totally fine. I think what that really means is that we need to take a much harder look at how these awards are defined. We need to get past the studio jockeying from it because I think it will make it a whole lot better of an award. Well, but also let's let's also not discount the fact that this was the most, and this is a really relative term, this is the most even playing field we've ever had. It was, it's wild. And that was because almost all of this was streaming. Yeah. 100%. Everybody could watch these movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, was, there was almost no excuse for not being able to watch all of these films as a voter. To, to be fair, The Father was not one of those. It came out later. Yeah. Um, and we did have to pay. We, we, we paid full price for that one, but I'm not mad about it. <sighs> hey, then we get to director. It goes to Chloe Zhao. This was the odds on pick. 
here's where I go with this is that I don't disagree with you that the more that comes out about this movie, the more that you start to go, uh, but then I think about the fact that as a movie, as one cohesive whole, that's where that movie shines. Frances McDormand on her own, the writing, quote unquote, on its own, that stuff's not where it stands out. And I think that's why, as directing, it makes sense for a win. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like, she won. I'm very happy for her. I'm happy for women. Yeah. I'm happy, like, this I, I, This goes back to, like, I'm just really happy for more of the glass ceiling bullshit that's being Absolutely. shattered right now. Like, good. Good. I, I don't love... I don't love the movie. Yeah. No, I get that. I think the I think the triumph of what she did is being praised more than what she made, than is deserved. And that's where I get annoyed. Yeah. This movie's not gonna hold up in a couple of years. No, it it's not. It's absolutely not. So there's that. Her directing is still good. And so I'm not gonna shit on her for that. I'm just not. And her speech was lovely. So um, and I, I thought that was beautiful. If if I had a pick, Venterberg. I know. I mean, mine is Emerald Fennell. Both are good. <laughs> I, yeah. Emerald Fennell, by far and large, should win for best original director and best new director. I'm, no doubt in my mind. Here, here's the thing. Again, this is a category where I understand every single nomination. Absolutely. And any single one of these, if they had won, I'd been like, I get it. Yeah. I'm not mad. Even Mank, which I know people would roll their eyes about, but it, it's it's one of those like, he's pulling out all the tools in his tool bag and put throw them into this movie. He's doing a he's, great job. I would have been annoyed, but I'm like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And last and not surprising at all, for best picture, we have Nomadland. I've complained about this movie enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to do anymore. Oddly, it was wonky as shit, but Francis's speech actually made a lot of sense, and it was something I said at the time. Go see this movie. Go see it in a big theater. Then go see all of these movies in a giant theater go when you can. It. Yeah, go see all these movies when you can. And you know what? Yes. Thank you, Francis. I'm, not, I'm okay with that. Yeah. We've already been on record as what we think the actual best picture of the year is, <laughs> and it, it won Best Foreign Language Film, so. Well, uh, of this list, my best picture, my number two pick was Sound of Metal. So. My number two is Judas and the Black Messiah, based mostly on what I thought the, the voters might go for. The other thing is, I, I've heard people talk more about Minari, and thinking about it, I'm like, I feel like I want to see that one again. I feel like I might need another viewing to absorb it and see if it strikes me differently or not. I just don't know. But I don't, The Sound of Metal is a really good choice for the best picture of the year, too. It really is. The thing about that film and why I, that I picked it as my number two is that that film left me with hope. Yeah. Whereas the other, and that is typically the type of film that the Oscars like to award. Sometimes. Which, not that Nomadland doesn't, but that was why it was my number two choice if Nomadland didn't win. Yeah. So if you've been paying attention <laughs> uh, to our scoring, I ended the night with 17 points, but David ended the night. 22 points. I swept up in some of those latter categories. He, uh, this, see, the, again, this is where the number two slot really makes a difference for us. Because if we didn't, you would probably, you would have only won by like two points. Well, what's wild to me is where I really pulled ahead and, and kind of won the night were the two that I just went with my gut on. Yeah, no, the oh, here's the thing. If we didn't have our second place picks, yeah. you would have only beaten me because of editing 
and makeup. I know. That's where you would have won against me because our other categories were the same. And our number ones were the same, but our number twos were not. And your num- you happened to pick the number two. Your number twos happened to be the ones that we were like, what? I know. Well, what's wild to me uh, is is the Anthony Hopkins one, which in any other year, that would have been a totally cynical pick on my part. But it wasn't. And somehow that's the one that landed. David has won now two years in a row. I won two years in a row. Um, but he only he only beat me by five points. I'm not mad. This, this year. was a hard year. This was a really it could hard have year. gone either way. It really could have. Like I'm not bitter about this, but yeah. So that's the 2021 Oscars. There's going to be so much discussion. the The biggest joke right now is just what the biggest anticlimax ever. (laughs) That felt like last year. The way that the bomb of Anthony Hopkins dropped, and the fact that he was not there to accept the award, and it's just Joaquin Phoenix being like, "The Academy accepts this on behalf." And then Questlove is just like, "Thanks for coming." You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It felt like just they dropped a bomb and everybody's like, clear out, everyone. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's the exact opposite of Parasite winning and us all jumping up and everywhere screaming excitedly. It, it, it's, it's a wild thing and a wild note to end things on. Like I said, the biggest hope out of this is maybe we have a discussion about how we regiment this a little more and make this a better, better awards ceremony. And I hope... I hope I get to see more movies in the theater this next year. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, but because this is our last episode of this season before we take a little hiatus, um, <laughs> we have a we have a little a, a little personal story to tell you um, <laughs> because we have a new closer for our show now because we've been in quarantine and we've been at home. We've been watching these films. You know, our kids go off to bed and then they'll randomly come out and they'll come into our living room we're watching movies and we have to pause i'm like what are you doing we're watching a movie what movie are you watching a grown-up movie you can't watch this movie yeah no 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 no. and like that's usually the conversation they're like okay fine then they go back to their room and a couple months ago our son who's six now (laughs) came out he's being a little jackass Uh uh-huh yeah like he does He'd come out for one thing and he'd come out for another thing and we're just like, oh my God, go to bed. This is so obnoxious. And he comes out and he's being real cheeky. He's just like, hey, mom, dad, have a good movie. And then he goes back into his room and we're just like, a little fucker. And that has to be our sign off from now on. It's just. It's it's too good. We say that all the time now. Hey, (laughs) hey, have a good movie. We say it all the time to each other. And so we're going to take a hiatus. And we're going to come back with season five. We have stuff planned. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're really excited about our next series. We're going to wait to announce it later. Uh, you'll probably see some stuff on Twitter about it. That's what's going to be happening. If you want to see what I'm doing in the meantime, you can follow me at Modcaster, M-A-U-D-C-A-S-T-E-R. And if you want to see where I'm at, you can follow me at Big Macinpod, B-I-G-M-A-C-I-N-P-O-D. So until next time, have a good movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.